0: Hey y'all, it's your girl Charity B, and welcome to the I'm Enough Mastering Self-Love podcast. This podcast was designed for both men and women who are in the process or wanting to start their self-love journey. Here we will discuss many topics related to self-love that promotes healthy habits that will help support your mental and emotional health, boost self-confidence and self-worth. So get ready. This is something you don't want to miss. If you like what you hear in this episode, feel free to DM me and leave comments on my Instagram page at im.enoughmsl. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the I'm Enough Mastering Self-Love Podcast. You know it's your girl, Charity B. We are back with another episode, episode number two, happy dance, mm mm, mm first i would like to say thank you to those who commented and gave their feedback about the first episode y'all just don't know what that did for me and my soul my little bitty heart um i really do appreciate it y'all i'm glad that you guys were able to take something from that episode that lets me know that me doing this is not in vain. Um, also would like to say thank you to those who participate in the daily post on my Instagram page. I like hearing or reading your, your comments and getting feedback and your opinions about certain topics. I love that. Like I said, this podcast is not for you, just for you. It's for me as well. Um, I'm also in my self-love journey. Um, like I've said many times, like this is not tough, well, this, It's not a destination you're trying to get to or end goal. It's something you continuously have to deal with. Each stage of your life, you're going to be faced with different problems. So you have to cope with things a certain different way. Um, <clears throat> with that being said, let's go ahead and talk about what we're going to be discussing today. So the this episode is trauma starting from the root of the problem part one. This is a two-part episode. There will be a little surprise, a little razzle-dazzle for the second episode. Um, At the end of this episode, I'll tell you what that is. Um, So stay tuned. So you're probably like, what traumas are we talking about? Um, When I say traumas, um, anything that has negatively, negatively affected you and it stuck with you and you carried it on throughout your adulthood you know the rest of your life is stuck with you Um, for instance losing a lost uh, losing a loved one uh, abuse verbal physical emotional emotional damage sorry um (laughs) what else it could be not receiving unconditional love the right or adequate unconditional love that you're supposed to receive as a child um, which is very important yeah it is very important or um any moment where you felt helpless scared or embarrassed if if y'all know because i don't know about y'all but me i don't like thinking about embarrassing moments or any time where i felt scared too scared or helpless and i just couldn't defend myself because I don't know, I have those random moments where I've had like, I think about an ra- ra- uh, embarrassing moment, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I hate the way I felt in that moment. And when those things keep playing, which is playing in your head and stuff, you're like, okay, well, what do I have to do to not make sure I, um, if I am encountering this situation again, I do not feel that same way. I don't feel helpless, scared, or embarrassed. What can I do to prevent myself from feeling that way? And that's when we go on with our coping mechanisms. So, and that goes to play with why we're talking about this. So I was thinking, what if we didn't have these triggers or traumas? Wouldn't like our self-love journey or mastering self-love be easier? And based off my opinion, I think it'd be quite easy. We ain't got nothing in our way that would stop us or hinder us from reaching our full potential being that best person we know that we could be. And I was also thinking, you know, it's important to start from the root of your problems if that was your childhood trauma. For many of us, it is our childhood traumas or something we experienced in our younger adulthood that has affected affected us in a negative way, not allowing us to um, reach our full potential, whether it's with yourself or your, relationships that you're currently in or our future relationships and i was thinking about what about yeah i know that i'm here in my process or my step in my journey but what about those that are like starting from the bottom those are the people like who at the root like who who what about them they don't have everything they need yeah it's cool to like read daily inspirational posts or read something that keeps your mind from uh, going back to that time, that is great. That helps you to stay level-headed. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like a temporary bandage. It's like, okay, I'm fine in this moment. But what happens when I'm alone? I get this daily message, either if it's from me or someone else or from a post, but after I read that I feel good, and then the next day, what now? Yeah, you keep implementing those things, you keep doing it, but it's like a temporary advantage where if you haven't confronted your issues or the traumas, that triggers that you dealt with. And that's why I say starting from the root of the problem. And I was thinking like, so how can I compare this to something to make it more clear? And I thought about a tree. if you have, I'm pretty sure you have everybody has seen a big beautiful tree there's always one big beautiful tree for instance like it has this pretty green leaves none of them brown and nice size trunk it's just real sturdy and then there's some other flimsy ones around it you know you've seen it before because I've seen it but it's like what makes this tree so different why is it flourishing like it is and I did my research I started googling like what makes a tree so you know beautiful like it is and it was because like the roots so I said okay what does the roots do and this is what I saw the functions of the roots are to absorb and transport water and minerals from soil to the rest of the tree and it also anchors portion of the tree above the ground so that got me thinking how does that compare to us so the water and minerals could be um, your beliefs, morals, anything that you know influenced you to have those beliefs you have today. So something as far as your childhood, anything back then they think of that can influence you now. <clears throat> the soil could be your guardian or those influences, whatever was put into you, you know um, In order for the roots to provide adequate enough minerals and soil to the tree, it has to be getting the right things from the soil. So if the soil, your guardian or your influencer is not giving you the right information, the roots are not able to give the right amount of minerals and water to that tree so it won't die. And we are the tree. So we don't—we're not trying to die. We're trying to change that. So we need to change what we hear or what is being put into us, into our soil, so that the roots can give us the adequate amount of water and minerals, in order for us to grow or to continue to grow. And I was like, yeah, I like that. And when I thought about it, I was like, that's really—that's really nice. I like that. But based after I said that, I was like, well, that means what if we are not. We're the issue. What if we're putting the wrong things or we're having the wrong coping strategies? It's not really working for us and or it's not working for us no more. So that goes to say that these things are not permanent. These things can be changed. It's like sometimes the coping strategies that you use back then or when that time or that moment it happened, you can't no longer use the same strategy you gotta switch it up you gotta adjust anything that will make the problem better in that situation you are in now because i'm pretty sure the exact same thing can happen but not in the same way and as a child you not as much is required from you as it is when you're an adult so you do have to change the way you think and how you cope with things and so i was like so how does trauma coping and all that play in the role of self-love, like how does that connect? And this is what I got. I read her article about um, attachment styles. And it's crazy because in college, we used to talk about this all the time, attachment styles in like psychology class, if you, for those who took psychology, you know what I'm talking about. You're always talking about attachment styles and communicating styles and how that helps flourish a child when, or how does that help them when they become an adult? And so that's what we're gonna talk about. Y'all need to know, for those who don't know what attachment styles is, it's the way you relate to others um, to establish or avoid intimacy. Our adult bonds mirror those encounters slash bonds we first established with our caregivers. And these um, experiences are not conscious There are conscious choices. It's something we use to adapt and survive. And that's basically what everyday life is. We're trying to adapt and survive. When you are experiencing traumatic events and you don't want to feel that way again, if you ever encounter or face that problem again, you try to adapt, you change so so you can survive that moment. So you can feel different. You're not trying to feel the same way. So we're going to go ahead. It's four attachment styles. Uh, the first one would be secure. We're going to talk about each one and we're going to uh, probably talk about who, what type of people, you know, would be seen or would have this attachment style. So the first one, like I said, is secure attachment style. And those type of people are open to establishing trusting and close relationships with others. Not hesitant to uh, being loved. <laughs> Don't avoid intimacy and tend not to depend entirely on someone else. I guess I could say I have a little bit of a secure... I'm halfway there. Let's say that. This is where we're all trying to be, though. We're trying to have a secure attachment style. And that's healthy. That's the healthy attachment style. But it's like I think I am halfway there. I am open to establishing trusting and close relationships with others. Um, I don't think I'm hesitant to be in love. I don't know why I'm not um, uh, I don't like queasy things. Like, I don't like love like I like love. I love being in love, but I don't know. I don't like the aspect of love. I don't know why. It's I don't know. I've got adequate enough unconditional love for my mama. My mama has gave me as nothing, and I think that's why it wasn't so hard for me to be like, okay, when I was ever in situations where I felt um like I was being used, or like I just felt like somebody made me feel bad, or something made me feel uh, in the dumps. I was easy, quick to be like, uh, to think about it, go over the whole situation, analyze it, and change the right way. And it's always been a positive change for me. So I think that's probably why I've been like that. And I'm pretty sure that's why I've received a- adequate enough of unconditional love. But I just don't. Huh. I don't know. I don't really like hugging. Mm -mm. Don't get me wrong. I have a boyfriend for two years and I'm very vulnerable. I'm very vulnerable in my relationships than I am in like my friendships or like, I don't know. I don't know why. It's something I have to like figure out for myself. But yeah, enough about me, y'all. Y'all don't need to know about that. (laughs) Um, The next one would be anxious or anxious preoccupied. These people have significant fear of being abandoned need to validate constantly feels their partner rarely cares enough about them Hmm. i think these type of people they have constantly like seek validation Or like try to reconfirm their opinions and thoughts with like their friends or significant others. Or they constantly need you to reassure reassure them that you care about them. Even if you have told them countless times and you show them that you care about them. You're still doing everything that you possibly can. They still need you to be like, okay, yes, I still care about you. Or show them you still care about them. Um, hmm, Fear of being abandoned. You know a couple of them, but I'm pretty sure everybody has a little bit of abandonment issues. Well, I really don't because I don't really care. I'm sorry. But that's just me. That's why I think I think you can have a little bit of both of these attach these four attachment styles though that I'm going over. because um, I think when I was reading over it and I was doing my research, I was like, I think I have a little bit of both. Um but that just makes me who I am. So the third one that goes to say the third one is the mis- dismissive and avoidant attachment style these type people fear of emotional intimacy that's me (laughs) might lead them to avoid getting close to others or distrust their significant others and as a result they're often emotional unavailable now this is probably like 80% me versus a secure attachment style now I don't think I'm a fear of emotional intimacy uh I think there was a time when I was like after like a recent uh, long term relationship like after that ended I was like scared to like fall in love again but who isn't I got over it healing process well I had to I didn't get over it I had to heal in order to get over it but um it said it might lead them to avoid getting close to others I don't know I really don't like Hey, I don't know. I don't like socializing anyway. So I don't think that has anything to do with that. I just don't like doing it. I like my little four, three, four friends because I don't have a lot of friends. But it ain't about quali- quantity. It's about the quality. And I have really great friends. Um, and family. But I don't really care to be around multiple. Like more, have more friends than that, to be honest. I don't really care for it. But if I had more friends come, it's fine. Um, distrust their significant other. I don't distrust my significant others. I've been with my boyfriend for two years. We stay together, but two years and going, he ain't going away, y'all. Um, I don't distrust my significant others. I have. I think I'm pretty secure with myself to not be like, okay, it could be a girl today commenting on his stuff or like just doing like, uh I guess he handsome, saying stuff like that, for example or like just doing the most, I probably will be like, hey, you can't have my man though. So I know for sure you can't have him. But I don't just trust my specific other. I don't need to like search their phone and do all that extra. That's too much for me. First of all, I'm tired and I have other things to worry about in my life that if you're going to do what you want to do, then do what you want to do. I'll find out eventually. And when I find out, you go. But till then, I feel like to start off a relationship like that and just do all that blaming and blaming people not gonna stick around if you continue to keep blaming them about something they not doing and usually when people blame you for things that you're not doing is because they're doing something so yeah um but anyways and then what's the last part of that one it said as a result they're emotional unavailable honestly i get that from my best friend a lot she tells me yeah i'm just emotionally just not unavailable and i mean i listen to her problems and i give her great advice and stuff like that we have a great relationship um you know every relationship our friendship starts from somewhere so but we've been friends for like over a decade yeah, we've been friends since we were little so <clears throat> but she tells me that i'm emotionally unavailable but i've always been like that all my life i don't know i just like i said i don't like queasy things i just just Ugh, don't give me hugs I don't know but i take a hug anyway from my boyfriend like I definitely will I don't know I think that I think I've exceeded or I've met the standard of being vulnerable with my significant other because you have to be vulnerable in your your relationships with your partner because that's the only way it's going to work. You need to be vulnerable in order for you to have a long-term relationship. It's not going to work if y'all not being vulnerable or trusting each other or information that you wouldn't tell nobody else. And But I don't see that with my friends. Like, yeah, you tell them any, well, you tell them things, but you confide in them and you're supposed to be there for each other in times of need, that's basically what based your friendship off. But I feel like you don't have to be totally vulnerable with them, like you have to be with your significant others. So that's probably why they see me as emotional unavailable. Maybe I'm wrong, but if you have some pointers about that, because I do think I'm emotional unavailable sometimes, like I just don't wanna hear it. I just, I don't know, Just it's just how I am, I'm sorry. Um, I'm working on it though. I don't know. me i'm soft i softened up but i feel like mm -mm, i feel like i kind of miss the old charity she was just well i don't miss her because she was she was a bitch (laughs) but um yeah I'm, i'm really surprised some of my friends stayed and it wasn't like i was a bad friend i just was like i said i was emotionally unavailable uh don't let it be that time of the month. I was just like, why are you talking to me? Why are you talking to me? So, yeah. But, I think I'm better now. I like who I am now. I'm still in a work in progress. But who aren't we? All. Nobody's perfect. But, yeah. And so, the last one. Let me go ahead. I'm talking about my stuff, y'all. But, the last part. Last attachment style is fear of fearful, avoiding attachment style that person craves attention and love from their significant others but at the same time avoid emotional intimacy on their part and they need to feel loved and attended to but they usually avoid close romantic relationships um i guess you can just describe that person as somebody who wants to do relationship things but do not want to have a relationship but i can't say that's Everybody who like that because some people just don't want to be in relationships because they don't want to be hurt. So that would basically be uh what, um, anxious or anxious preoccupied. So I think that's a mixture. They could be either or people who don't want to be in relationships but want relationship things. Um, that's crazy. Those are like people who like to take take take. Now that I said this, let me say this. Because I feel like um, in the first episode, I kind of was talking about uh, emotional vultures. And I don't want to shun them away. Because they're probably emotional vultures. And they know that they need help. But don't know how to seek it or start. I definitely want them in the audience too. Because they I think that they don't. Some people don't want to be like that. They do it because um, they need to. I'ma hold that thought because it's something I was going to mention um later, a few minutes like a couple in a in a couple minutes uh, that pertains to that. But um yeah, those are the four coping, not coping, attachment styles. Identify your attachment style. That definitely will help in figuring how you mirror your encounters and bonds basically with your adult relationships. And then with my research i also talked about community i found out about communication styles and so um this is what i was going to say so this is where trauma re re reenactment comes in basically you mimic or reinforce what you have learned so these people are repeating the cycle you know the generate regenerational curse i don't know if you heard about that i'm pretty sure everybody knows about generational curse um placing yourself in situations where you may be hurt again basically it's a defense mechanism seeking something that may be familiar um or facing are you trying to face your fears so that's where i was talking about as far as um needing those emotional vultures basically they go after what they want what they yearn for and it's better for those type of people to figure out how to learn to start the process on their own and figure out how to get what they needed without taking it away from somebody who actually genuinely cares about them. So they have to, you need to learn to not use other people to get what you emotionally want. So I'm not trying to shun anybody away as far as, even if you are an emotional vulture or You need help as far as that. This is the place for you. This is a safe place. But I just want to say that because I feel like I did kind of attack them. But it's true. I feel like it's true. Emotional people, people who care. But it's not fair. I'm not saying that it's okay to be emotional, but I'm I'm not saying that at all. They definitely need help. They definitely need to figure it out. But this is the place you come from to get what they need as far as emotionally. So they can have... Um. <clears throat> they can emotionally be available or feel better about themselves but I said that to say like I don't want to shine or like say they're not wanted here because obviously they have an issue as well and they're not loving themselves enough in order to believe in themselves that they can provide that emotional support or whatever they're looking for in other people um they don't know how to get it themselves, or they're scared, or they're just like, Okay, I'm going for where I, what looks familiar, even if it's negative. Maybe you don't have something positive that they want, maybe they were abused as a child, so they go and be with an abuser, or um, etc. Like they're repeating the cycle. Or say, for instance, like the say, whole generational curse thing, as far as like um, repeating the cycle. Your mother was abused by your father, maybe you're gonna go back to and go into a relationship with an abuser, or maybe you know pretty much just repeating the cycle and it's like a never-ending cycle if you don't stop it it's going to continue to go down it's going to continue generation for generation generation and it's never going to get better it's going to be the same problem same issues same end result and it might be more traumatic than it was when it first began so with all that being said I basically said all this because it's important to identify our traumas. It's important that we face our fears and whatever we've been through. I'm pretty sure someone else's problem is worse than your problem, but it's important to deal with those things if they affect you any kind of way that hinders you. And you know it hinders you. If you don't know it hinders you, maybe you need to sit back and think about what has gone on or find out what are some type of like something where you feel helpless or um embarrassed and see when you think about that moment how does it make you feel if it still affects you that means it's something you have to face it's something you have to deal with even the loss of a loved one you know i feel like um i dealt with my father's death for instance but it's still some things i didn't deal with like um, I'm not going to go into depth about it because I feel like I had y'all long enough. But yeah, it's like deal with those things. Deal with those things in order for you to move forward. If you don't deal with those things, you're going to be stuck. You're never going to reach your full potential where you need to be. So just to recap what we talked about, talk about what is traumas, what traumas we were talking about. And why are we talking about, we we're talking about it? We also talk about the four attachment styles. Um, identify those attachment styles. You can have a mixture of both or a little bit of any of these four attachment styles. But this will help you in changing your coping ways or how you retaliate or deal with things. If you are somebody who reacts off emotions, this will help you in learning how to adjust so that you can find a positive way to uh To react when you are in these situations, you know. um, We also talked about uh, the tree analogy. Remember that what we put in ourselves that that determines on if our tree or us will grow. What the roots give us if we get an adequate amount of positive things, positive feedback. The tree will be beautiful. Uh, we're not trying to look like the flimsy teas. we trying to look like that big, beautiful tree y'all see at the park, okay? Um, but yeah, so that does conclude the content that we're going to talk about in that episode. So I know you guys have stuck around because you want to know what the good surprise is. I did not forget. <laughs> so, um, so the next episode for Traumas Part 2, we're going to have a special guest. Yes. yes um we're gonna talk about a lot of things we're gonna talk more in depth i know i hold y'all maybe almost 30 minutes maybe we are gonna see when i do all my edit editing and stuff but yeah we're gonna have a, a special guest so we're gonna go in deep about these problems that other people i don't know a lot because i haven't been through a lot so i know a lot of people who i have but i haven't i know there's someone who had it worse than me and there's some things that i can't talk about based off experience that i can't get from someone who has went through these type of things so she's going to or he is going to speak for the people um yeah so yeah i hope to see y'all next week and tune in for this great episode that we have um, I'd like to thank y'all and I hope y'all have an amazing week and enjoy the rest of your weekend.